With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Part of the Over the Monster Network. Swinging a high deep drive in the right field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Presented by SB Nation. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. Here comes a one-two pitch. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. High deep right. He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Wow. I'm telling you, it's time to party. Got it. 300 strikeouts in 2017 for Chris Sale. An absolute strikeout machine. 13 tonight against the Baltimore Orioles. They're all loaded. High fly ball, deep into left center field. Get out Way back it carries. And that ball is gone! The Red Sox walk it off in style. That's how it's done. The X-Man strikes. Fly ball to deep left center field. Devers has hit it out! The rookie takes Chapman the other way to tie the game. 
back to the Red Sea Podcast, presented by Over the Monster, SB Nation. I am your host for today's show, Keaton DeRocher, and joining me is Matt Collins. Matt, how are you doing? Hanging in there. How about you? Pretty much the same. Just getting by. Yeah, At least we have some interesting things to talk about today, though. I'm um, so happy we didn't have to like get creative and think of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Sitting right there. Yeah, so this entire show will be all about the Red Sox sign-stealing punishment that was handed down earlier this week, Um, so we might as well just kind of dive on into it. Uh, The Red Sox were punished, Uh, they lost a second-round pick in 2020's draft, and a member of the, I guess, baseball operations team was suspended for essentially a year and a half the rest of this year uh, and all of next year. Uh, and well, that was it. Yeah, well, so he was suspended for this year. He's not suspended for next year, but he's not allowed to work in the video room. Because he's an advanced scout. So he can still do the advanced scouting. He just can't do anything. That's what it was. 2021. And that was it. Cora got nothing extra. He was only punished for... He has his uh, suspended for 2020 uh, for what he did with the Astros. Nothing for what he did with the Red Sox. That's it. So, Matt, initial thoughts. Are you glad that it's over? Yeah, I mean, that was the first thing, I guess, like, when it came down. It was like, because I'd just been waiting for it to happen, um, like, right as I was going to bed one night. So it's nice that it happened in the middle <laughs> of the afternoon. It's just, I hate, like, having a story like this hanging over just because I know it could happen at any time. And I just was waiting for it to happen at the most inconvenient time. But, yeah, I mean, it's been... I don't even know when this started anymore. January, I think. So it's been probably three How months did it be or before so. that. Wasn't the original, uh, the Drellick and Rosenthal piece was like early December, wasn't it? Was it that long ago? It was a long time ago. I don't know exactly. When it was. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I mean, it's just it's been annoying <laughs> waiting this long. Um, so that was my first thought, even before I looked at the punishment. I got like a notification on my phone that from Rosenthal because he's the first one to break it. And yep. I was just like, thank God. Finally, it's over. Are you buying it, though? MLB's credibility seems to be the big story around this. And it's, I mean, it was with the Astros. Uh, and it has been pretty much essentially since they continued to delay it. Um, do you think that there are, I mean, it's just, are you buying it? Are you believing Major League Baseball and buying this punishment and the conclusion of this investigation? Yeah, so I mean, I think I think it's really hard to trust them with anything right now. Um, I mean, that was when things like this happen to like teams I root for, it's obvious I mean, we're all super biased, there's no way around it. And so yeah. I kind of like to look at how people, more neutral um, observers, look at it. And it seemed like from what I was seeing, most of it wasn't even directed at the Red Sox. It was directed at Major League Baseball and just the fact that they botched the Astros investigation so often. There were like three or four times where they would say something and it would immediately get refuted by a report like the next day. So, I mean, it's just hard <laughs> to buy anything that they're saying. And, I mean, with this specifically, I just have a really hard time buying that the coaching staff had no idea what was going on and to exonerate them completely is just crazy to me, especially after like the big, like overarching theme 
of their Astros punishment was whether you knew it or not, the coaches in the front office are responsible for what the players are doing. And then, like, six weeks later, two months later, however long it's been since they did the Astros punishment, it's literally the exact opposite here. So, and the inconsistency, inconsistency is just really hard to grapple with. I mean, I don't, I can't sit here and say, like, specifically that there were things wrong in the report or that they were lying about anything specifically, but it just flies in the face of everything that they had said with the Astros. And it's just the way they, they handled that, plus the inconsistency, it's really hard to give them the benefit of the doubt here, I think. Yeah, to be honest, this baffled me. The I mean, for as, I guess, hyped up as this was, because with the amount of times that it was delayed or that we were told something was coming and then it wasn't, it felt like Major League Baseball had way more than this. And I do not understand what the point of the delay was now. Because we were told the investigation had finished. It was like a couple weeks before spring training. And we were supposed to have the results initially before pitchers and catchers reported. Yeah, so, they changed the date like four times. Yeah, and, and I, I, the only explanation could have been that they had something legit. And we're going to drop something Astros-esque on the Red Sox. Like, they couldn't have put this out before spring training. This is nothing. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the conspiracy theorist in me has always kind of been like they they knew what the perception of them was and how so many people were upset at them taking things easy on the Astros. I mean, it seems like they could have gotten a lot, gone a lot harder on the Astros. Um, and so my cynical mind had always been kind of thinking, well, they're looking for something more just so they don't like be looked at as they're slapping on the wrist. But that clearly either they looked really hard and couldn't find anything more or that wasn't the case. Cause I mean, they, this report was kind of nothing. Yeah. It just felt severely overhyped for what actually dropped. I was looking for something much more explosive, but uh, yeah. I guess it's a good thing that that, that isn't the case, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely good for the Red Sox. It's, it's not good for baseball. I mean, baseball, I don't think they're really feeling the full effect of this because obviously people have more important things on their mind right now. But like when the dust settles and we get back into baseball, like they get some, they're going to have to reckon with some pretty pissed off fans about this. Like I said, whether I have no idea if anything specific in the story is wrong, but I have a very hard time blaming anybody who looks at this with any sort of skepticism. I mean, it's just none of it smells, none of it passes the smell test. Yeah, and for the small sample that we did have of spring training, whether it was a coincidence or not, um, the Astros were leading spring training in hit by pitches. Do you expect teams might feel the same way towards the Red Sox? No, no, not at all. Um, but I mean, I don't think there's any question. It's been pretty clear from the very beginning. Uh, the Astros thing was just way worse, way more egregious. I'll break. Which is not to like defend the Red Sox or anything. I think even by right. the small things that were in this report, it was still cheating. But I mean, the Astros—that yeah. was every pitch. It wasn't like going through like four different channels. Plus, you had the whole buzzer conspiracy, which I still don't really know if I 
buy, but I absolutely <laughs> love. And so that's kind of fed into yeah. it a little bit. And the Astros, the Red Sox haven't really had a chance to respond, but it's hard to imagine that they'll be worse than the Astros. I mean, even the ownerships, the ownership has talked already and they weren't as like standoffish as the Astros have been. So, I mean, that all kind of played against Houston. I don't think, I don't think it'll play against the Red Sox in the same way. People will still be mad, but it won't be in the same degree. Yeah, I actually got to give the Red Sox front office credit, which is not something that I do very often at all. <laughs> but they actually kind of got out ahead of this. And um, even though I think it was buried within a press conference about Mookie Betts, so I was probably more frustrated about that. But they did say to, that they wanted folks to wait until the report came out before they kind of held judgment and oh. really kind of answered all the questions at that press conference that kind of said they didn't expect this to be much of anything. But just the way that Major League Baseball was building it up, it felt like they were just trying to save face. And I just expected that to be the case. But it turns out that that actually wasn't the case. So I actually get to give them credit for getting out ahead of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's been, it's been pretty clear. That's why I don't necessarily think that MLB is lying like really hard about what they found because I mean it's not just the front office like every single player who's been asked about it that was involved with that team nobody's gone with like a no comment or any like wish-washy statement they've all been like extremely clear that they don't think they did anything wrong so I mean clearly some people did something wrong but I mean it's I was worried that that was all going to get thrown back in people's faces but I mean you're right they've been they've been out in front of it they've been kind of redeemed in that way at least yeah for sure so that leads us to our first listener question out we've kind of dissected it do you feel that the red sox punishment fits the crime and that is from boston sports so i'm i say no on like two fronts so like either Either the report is lying and coaches were involved, in which case the punishment wasn't harsh enough and guys like Cora and Renneke should have been roped into the punishment. Or that if, I mean, if coaches really didn't know anything, the report said like the majority of the players weren't involved. It was only a few players and it was only like part of the season. It wasn't like nearly every night. I mean, in that scenario, I don't think that... I think it was too harsh. So I just feel like they kind of just cut it down the middle and it doesn't really make sense to me on either end. Like, it should have been more, it should have been less. I don't really get this this one at all. Yeah, I think... um, I guess based on what is in the report, I feel like, sure, this fits. I mean, it's essentially a loss of a second-round pick. uh, And, I mean, they have other scouts... So, I mean, not to diminish the hard work this fellow puts in, um, but it's not leaving a hole in the organization. Oh, that, yeah, that one wasn't on the team. So, I just... It definitely wasn't harsh. I guess I just, yeah. based on the report, I don't know, I feel like it probably should have just been a fine rather than losing any draft picks at all. But, again, I mean, I'm not really going to complain. Although, I guess now that I think about it a little bit more, I guess they were repeat offenders. So, that probably... They were. I mean, they had just gotten a letter like the year before. Saying yeah. That, so. I and guess that's why answer, I guess it makes sense. I initially, because they were repeat offenders, that was why I initially thought that they were either going to have a similar uh, punishment to the Astros or worse. But that was 
before all of the players and reporting that what the Red Sox did wasn't as bad at the time. Yeah. We just had three sources they were sign stealing, which sounded way worse. So uh, yeah. it was easy to jump to conclusions. But yeah, I think it, it seems fair to me for yeah, what that f- is in the report from MLB. Yeah, when that initial report came out in January, whenever it was, um, I, I assumed that they were going to get the exact same punishment as the Astros. Because if I remember correctly, the Astros punishment came like a few days after that report came out or a few days before. It was right around the same time. Yeah. So I had kind of figured that, like you said, because even if it wasn't as bad, this incident, that repeat offender, I figured would catch up to them. But I mean, clearly it just two crimes were on different planets. Yep. Agreed. So uh, kind of expanding on that, Watkins having his name dragged through the mud as kind of the, I guess for lack of a better term, scapegoat of the entire process. Fair punishment for him? So I think, I think it remains to be seen. Again, I have a really hard time believing that he was like this mastermind that pulled this off. Um, but at the same time, I I know a lot of people are upset that players are kind of not getting caught up in this at all. You know, I get the frustration, but I also understand. I mean, it's I understand why they're not getting punished. They never would have talked. Nothing would have ever gotten done with these investigations. There should be rules put in place now before the next scandal happens that allows players to get punished. Um, but for this one, I understand that players couldn't get punished. So um, that leaves Watkins as the only person in the report that was involved. Um, so I guess I'll be really bummed out if this gets him out of baseball. The Red Sox have said they're not going to fire him, but they may be waiting for the dust to settle and maybe do it quietly. I don't know. But, I mean, if he doesn't lose his job and he gets to keep his career, I really don't know that losing that video room job is really – I mean, that wasn't his – that wasn't his main job, really. He was – like yeah. his job was to look for signs. Like He was supposed to be the guy that would, like, talk to players about signs pre- and post-game. It's obviously not a lot to happen during the game. But so he can still do that. He just can't do it. Like, he just can't be around during the game. So, it's a bummer. It's definitely a bummer that he gets suspended for 2020. I'm assuming that's without pay. But, um, yep. I guess being the only person named in the report, it's hard to really justify another punishment. I agree. Uh, so, I guess the, the next piece of this is Alex Cora was specifically named as only being punished for what he did with the Astros and received a, uh, I can't remember if he had received the one year already. No, so they hadn't this... announced anything for him. Yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he got he got the same punishment as Hinch. And I don't really get any of this with Alex Gora. Um, I mean, initially, those Astros reports had or the, like the report from MLB had Cora as a way bigger piece of that than AJ Hinch or Jeff Luno. So I would think that alone would get him a bigger suspension. And then again, back to just having a hard time buying that the coaches had no involvement in this Red Sox scheme at all. Um, I mean, not to say a one-year suspension isn't big, but I was really expecting more, and honestly, I feel like he should have gotten at least two years. Um, just Even if you want to just go with the Astros alone. I mean, he was clearly such a bigger part of that. that I don't know. 
And I mean, I as I was saying at the beginning, I just cannot get over the inconsistency from LLB here, going on and on with the Astros about how the coaches are responsible for everything. And even if you didn't know, that's still your responsibility because you're in charge. And now for Cora, for this one, he's totally exonerated. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that leap of logic. I think I can attempt to bridge that gap for you. And I think, and I don't know if this seems like a stretch or not, but maybe this is what MLB was thinking. That I mean, it was pretty pretty obvious from um, what they did with the Astros that they were calling out a very specific energy within the entire organization from the top down and wanted to make a point of cleansing it, exposing it, if you will, whatever. And that's not the case with the Red Sox. They're and maybe maybe they're just trying not to make it seem as I guess as bad as it is by just saying it's this one rogue individual. Um but the Astros at least, I guess, they did have a lot more issues just within their entire organization that, you know, started with the leadership at top and really fed through the entire organization that was pretty toxic that they called out specifically within Manfred's report for the Astros. Uh, so maybe that's why they were hit harder was they wanted to make a point of not having that kind of culture with an MLB at all versus kind of having like a rogue employee. Uh, but it seems like a bit of a stretch. Yeah. There's a couple of problems with that. First of all, Cora was part of that culture. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> also, I, my sense was that that was more about the front office than the coaches anyways. Like I don't, I never got the sense that Hinch, was anything to do with that culture if anything he seems like the one guy that people generally liked even going back to like the osuna situation uh during the world series or alcs i forget exactly when that was but when the, um, the guy yelled at the reporter about osuna hinch was really the only guy who like stepped up and apologized like sincerely for that so i never got the sense hinch was part of that and also and obviously this was never going to happen but i mean if they were actually concerned about the culture the owner would have gotten punished the owner would have gotten some sort of punishment there. So, I mean, it's just clear that that was sort of lip service. So, I mean, I guess I get what you're saying, but I just, I don't think that's a good enough reason to not punish Cora and honestly not punish Renicky either. Cause I mean, Renicky, um, so Renicky got the interim tag removed, um, after this investigation was over. That doesn't really mean anything. Cause they had said all along that they were going to take away that tag after, the investigation was over. They just wanted to make absolutely certain he wasn't getting caught up in it. But he was still the bench coach when this was all happening. So just like Cora, I don't really get how they don't know what's going on. And honestly, I'm not sure. Like, what does that say about them as coaches that they don't know that that's going on in their dugout? If they really yeah, it's kind of worse that they didn't know about it than they, yeah. they did and were complicit. Like, I just feel like this, if this, I don't, and I don't know how often this is happening. Maybe this only happened like once a month. I don't believe that that's true, but I guess if that's the case, then I can see that not getting to the coaches. But I mean, this is happening almost every game. There's just no way you get around that unless you're just totally oblivious to your dugout. And one thing about the Red Sox coaching staff in 2018 is I don't think they were ever not connected with their dugout. That was like their big selling yep. point was how connected they were with the players. So it just, like I said, it just it seems weird to me. I'm happy that Renicky didn't get punished. I'm happy Cora was exonerated from the um, report. I like both of those guys. It just feels very strange to me. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yep, totally agree with that. So I guess following up on that, do you think Cora comes back in 2021? Yeah, so I mean, this has been the biggest question among Red Sox fans. After this has come out, I mean, I think the door is more open than it was, certainly, because there was talk about Cora potentially being banned for life or getting some sort of, like, three-year suspension. I say no, he doesn't come back, if I had to make a guess right now. I think the chances are better than they were before this punishment came out, but I still say no. I think that he does. You think that he does? Do you think he should? Do you think they should hire him? Yes. See, I don't... I mean, I don't... It going going by the MLB's report, I mean, why not? He, I mean, what he did with the Astros is pretty terrible. That's and, well, that would be my reason for not. But, I mean, yeah, I guess it's just kind of hard to ignore. I guess, yeah, I, just, I, mean, I like I, the guy. I just like him. I think he's <laughs> a phenomenal manager. I, I would not be upset if they, or I guess I would kind of be, be upset. I would understand if they hired him back because it was clear from that press conference when they got rid of him, how much everybody in the organization loves this guy. And I mean, that extends to the players and everybody who worked yeah. at that score loved him. I just, that Astro scandal is no joke. I, that was bad. And I just, I feel like you don't, I, I wouldn't want any part of that. And I just, I guess that's sort of a moral stand, and I don't know. I really yeah, don't I mean, know I guess they have to comes... get that moralistic about it, but I just it just feels gross. I mean, it's this is definitely going to follow him wherever he goes next. Yeah, I think that sure. he'll get a job, but I think that it would be more poignant if he came back to the Red Sox because any kind of success they had would just be assumed that it was cheating or that it was illegitimate. I yeah, don't think I, you want that on your organ- hovering over your organization. Yeah, I mean, there would be no way to get around those questions. I feel like his path back is not going to be right back to a manager's role. Like, I think somebody's going to hire him as a third base coach or a bench coach or something, and he's going to have to do that and kind of work his way back up the ladder a little bit. I would be surprised if he got right back into a manager's seat. But then again, I mean, it's pretty clear that sports franchises really have no moral compass and if they're winning that's all that really matters so right i guess i wouldn't be surprised at all um either way i i think that the red Sox are going to stay away though i think they i think renicky isn't going to come back either for 2021 i think he's here only if there's a 2020 season but i think they're kind of just going to start over and bloom's going to try and find like a, one of his own guys to take over 
Yeah, I think you talked me into it. I think it's more likely that Bloom gets his guy. It is very interesting that the possibility still is open, though, that the Red Sox actually don't play a game without Alex Cora as their manager. There is a scenario yep. where they don't play at all this year, <laughs> and then he's right back in 2021, and it's like nothing ever happened. Yep, for sure. So another interesting twist to this is the loss of the draft pick, which actually carries a bit bit of a twist for this year because it is a much shorter draft, so it's 10 rounds, and you're losing your second round. Oh, five rounds? They haven't, uh, they haven't nailed it down yet. It's some. It's going to be between five and ten rounds. It's up, the league has the right to decide. They're going to decide like a month. Yikes! Before that. Yeah, boy. I mean, if they go five, that's that's way worse. Obviously, the the less rounds there are, the worse it is. But I so, think it's yeah. I'm fascinated by this because I've gone back and forth on this just about every time I've thought about it. Because I mean, it's. The obvious first thought is that it's a harsher penalty because it's all of a sudden 20% of your draft or whatever. And that seems to be, I mean, the Sox prospect guys have talked about this. A bunch of the beat writers have talked about how this is a harsher penalty, but I haven't really heard anybody talk about the fact that, I mean, it's not just that the draft is shorter. Also, the bonuses are largely deferred. Um, If you don't get drafted, you can only sign up to, I think it's a $20,000 max signing bonus after that, as opposed to after 10 rounds, most guys get like $125,000 signing bonuses. And so I think that this draft is going to be terrible in terms of talent. Like once you get outside the top like 25 or something, I really don't know how many great college juniors and high school players are going to be out. So I, I think there's a fair argument to make that if you are going to lose a second round pick, as crazy as it sounds, even if it's only five rounds, this might be the year to do it because the second round this year might be like the fifth round in a normal year. I don't know exactly if I, I don't know if I totally believe that or not, but I can't shake the feeling that it might be right. Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting rationale. For sure. And also like the mad dash for undrafted players if it's only five rounds, there's going to be a lot of undrafted players. The Red Sox are going to have as much of a right to any of those players as they could. So even if they lose out on that talent, they can make up for it by signing like an extra five undrafted players as opposed to anybody else. And with the money being equal for everybody, it's going to be, okay, players are going to pick their organization. And the Red Sox, for as much shit as we give them, and I think a lot of it is justified, they're still one of the more desirable organizations in baseball, especially if you're a position player prospect. So I think they could make up for some of that loss in the undrafted class. Yeah. I I think you talked me into this too. If you have to lose a pick, then it it, it might be the best to do it with this draft. I think it is. The only, like my main hesitation is that I haven't seen anybody else make that case. And generally speaking, if I'm on an Island with an opinion, I continuously talk myself out because I really don't believe I'm that much smarter than like a lot of these people, especially people that, I mean, the Sox prospect guys obviously know this stuff much, much better than me. And they've seemed pretty convinced that this is harsher. So I don't know. I, I guess I'd be interested to talk to some people that know the draft better than me to see exactly how much worse the talent pool is going to be this year. 
Because, I mean, if anybody outside the top, like, if I'm a high school player, I'm going to college. I just am. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not, like, I'm not going to MLB to get a smaller signing bonus and to have it 90% of it deferred for at least a year. 45% of it deferred two years from now. I mean, I'll just go to college if that's the case. And then I'll get the same amount of money in three years. Yep. So Definitely smarter route to go. We and it'll be, I don't think we'll really know until we actually see what the talent pool is. Yeah. And and, see like who they could have gotten with this pick. Or the, the caliber player, at least. And baseball's draft is different than everybody else's because you don't declare for the MLB draft. Like, I'm, I'm technically eligible to be drafted. Like, anybody can be drafted. <laughs> so, like, it's just about whether or not they'll sign. And teams obviously have a good idea if a guy, guy is going to sign or not. But it's not like these top high school picks are going to, like, come out and say, I'm not declaring for the draft. So we won't really know until a month after the draft when everybody signed. Yeah, but, I mean, if all the college seniors return and all the high school players go to college... You might want to get that highlight reel ready. You might be a hot commodity in this draft. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is, but yeah, with that extra year of eligibility, like anybody can go back to school, so everybody has leverage too. It's it's a very, I'm really fascinated to see how this draft plays out. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I guess to actually see what the toll is of that round or that lost pick, I don't think I'm ready to commit to it until I see who's there, just because there's so much weirdness around this draft that I. Yeah. I don't know if it's something that we can even project. Yeah, I mean, nobody knows what this draft is going to be like. I think that's that's the one clear thing. Even even like the baseball America people whose job it is to know this, like nothing nothing like this has ever happened. Um, moving on. Uh, so you have a note in here: time to end the challenge oh, system? Yeah. <laughs> question mark was was that in response to a listener question, or did you? Have no. Else? So that is that has been another thing. Obviously, this is all kind of come about because um, the video room is like five oh, feet away from okay. the dugout, so managers can figure out if they need to challenge or not. Just stop with the challenges. Like, just make it like hockey and have an ump in the sky that can like decide if a play needs to be reviewed or not. It's just the whole challenge system. It's been dumb for a long time, and whatever excuse they need to get rid of it, just get rid of it. Get rid of that replay room right next to the dugout. I understand that players use it. Like, J.D. Martinez will throw an absolute fit if they get rid of it. I totally understand that there are legitimate reasons for it, but I also don't care. Just get rid of that room. Get rid of the (laughs) challenges. Just do regular replay review with the umps deciding what needs to be reviewed. It's just none of this has ever made sense. And Again, not to like give the Red Sox a pass here, even if there's temptation, it's still on you to avoid it. Just like let's use this opportunity to get rid of challenges. I hate challenges so much. If I never have to see a coach put up his hand, put up the stop sign for thirty seconds on the top step of the dugout as he's waiting for somebody to yell from the bottom of the stairs whether or not to challenge something, I mean I will be so happy. Okay. So I initially when I saw that now, I thought you were saying like just get rid of replay. And no, um, no. I'm firmly against that. I think we need to have replay because yeah, I like replay. shit gets missed. I don't want an Armando Galarraga 2.0. For sure. Like, it, it has to stay. But the process of it, I'm totally on board with. I think, like, like you outlined the hockey model. It's perfect. Like, have people watching so the game, and if yeah. something happens, just tell the umpire, hey, guys, you fucked up. 
Yeah, fix just it. be like, hey, let's take 30 seconds. I'm going to watch this replay three times, and I'll see if I can overturn it. If it takes more than 30 seconds for me to decide, then we're just going to stay with what you guys called originally. I mean, it's so it's such an easy sim- system. I also think it would get rid of a lot of those stupid calls where this doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people, but like those pop-up slides where a guy like gets off the bag for a half second and is, gets tagged out there. I know that pisses people off. I think this kind of system would get rid of that because I think most of the umps in the sky would just kind of let that go. Like, I feel like it should just be things like if you can see it in real time with the naked eye, like the ump watching the broadcast up in the press box or whatever, those are the places that need to be replayed. Everything else can just go. That would be how I would do it, at least. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Diving into listener questions first question or i guess second question is from scott nadell and he asks is what the red sox got caught doing the equivalent of pitchers using pine tar illegal but everyone's doing it uh i mean in that sense it is but the difference is if you pulled every batter in baseball the majority of them are at the very least don't care if a pitcher's using pine tar a lot of them would rather pitchers use pine tar because they have better control of the ball and most, uh, less likely to get hit. If you pull every pitcher in baseball, 100% of them will be a good sign silly. So I, I get what you're saying. Everybody's doing it, but also there's a much bigger advantage to stealing signs than using pine tar. Agreed. Uh, Nick Lake. Uh, so now that we've had a baseball break, this is the opportunity to finally implement that one rule change you've always pined for. What is it? Universal DH. Yeah, so that was what I was going to say. I think that's kind of boring. But but isn't that happening next year, or supposed to happen next year anyway? Well, so no. So they were talking about doing it just for 2020 if they did like that Florida-Arizona like split. Oh, yeah, right. Thing. I mean, I think that's the obvious answer. I've always joked around about trampolines in the outfield. I think that would be really fun. It's obviously <laughs> never would happen. Um, like a trampoline warning track? Yeah, like something, or just like random trampolines in the outfield, just like kind of slam ball style. <laughs> um, I think that would be super fun. Um, people have always also, like this question comes up on Twitter a lot. And I've seen multiple people say like, I forget the exact phrasing, but basically, like, if nobody's on base and you put a ball in play, you get to decide if you run to third base first or first base first, and then everybody else, the rest of the inning, has to go in that direction. Um, I just want to go on record and say everybody has a lot of fun with that idea. It is the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life, and I hate it so much. I get, like, viscerally angry when people suggest this. It's so dumb. It, That's way too much I, chaos. It's, it, it's so funny because these are the people that are, like, you can't we can't have robot umpires because it would like change the strike zone too much and stuff like that and like we can't have pitch clocks and now you want people running in the other direction get get out of here i hate it i mean all that would do would just that would translate into all of the right-handed hitters going to third and the left-handed hitters going to first yeah and well then everybody else would have to follow suit like after the but yeah exactly it just it's not as clever as people think it's just dumb and i hate it and i wanted to get that off my chest um fully on board with that as well uh our next question comes from matthew kitson uh if the season isn't able to start up how poor do you think quality of play will be in 21 
I don't think it will be because they'll still have. I mean, I guess I'm assuming they'll still have full off-season workouts and it's full spring training before the 21 season got going. Yeah, but I don't, I don't anticipate a drop off because of that. Yeah, that was my thought as well. I mean, obviously we don't know exactly how this turn out, and if they have a weird spring training next year or something that changes things. But as of right now, I would think the quality of play would be the same. I'd be more interested in the quality of play if they started up in July or whatever this year. I think the quality of play would be pretty poor at that point, but for 2021, I don't think there would be any change. Agreed. Little Soldier says, Greetings from a Red Sox fan in the UK. Just wondering what the views are on whether there will be, or indeed should be, a 2020 season at all, and how people think things should proceed. Best wishes to all Red Sox fans and stay safe. I'm going mean, to mean, speak for both of us and say I, neither of us are qualified to answer this question. <laughs> Right. Who, sure. we don't, nobody knows. We uh, so we actually we talked to Jen McCaffrey a couple podcasts ago, Jake and I, uh, and she was working under the assumption, well, not under the assumption, but it's her feeling that there won't even be a twenty twenty season at all. And that's been my feeling. Um, I certainly don't have anything to go off of than gut feeling about it. But um, yeah, I think they're going to try like hell. I think they're going to try, and something bad is going to happen. Would be my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody's going to test positive and you know, shut it down. I think they're going to talk themselves into being an outdoor sport and being relatively contact free. Like that's going to change anything. Obviously that doesn't matter because like catchers and batters are still right next to each other. and People on first base are right next to the first baseman and all of that. But um, I don't know. I feel like they're going to try it. It's just, but I don't know how it's going to work. But again, maybe this is going to go completely differently than I think. I'm an idiot. There. Uh, and then our last question, Chris Tuning. Tuning? Tuning? All right, sure. Um, innings build up for pitchers. True statement. Uh, best strategy to not be too far behind next year. Again, I don't um, know what next year has to do with it. Well, I don't know how they could be behind because their pitchers this year are probably not going to get any innings. So yeah. they won't be behind? Again, if it, yeah, it's like the same as uh, the other question about 21. If you're talking about 2021 here, they're not going to be behind. Again, assuming that they're able to have a normal offseason, they can get back yeah. into it by next February and be normal. Um, but I think the innings built up, if they do have a 2020 season, if they do get going in July or try to get going in July, I think that's really interesting. And I think that they would definitely yeah. rush that more than they should. Pitchers probably would need like six weeks to actually build themselves up, and I don't think they would get a full six weeks. So that would be really interesting to see. But as far as 2021, yes, yeah. they'll be fine. Yeah, with a lost season, I guess for all pitchers, it would be a positive. But if we're working under the, the old assumption that there's only so many bullets in the chamber, then this would actually be good for pitchers because they. Yeah, I don't know if it's not throwing any. Um, I, I guess it depends. I mean, it depends on the pitcher. Like a young guy, I think it's it's bad. You want that you yeah, actually, be around veterans and be around coaches and get that development. I mean, I think that's sort of been the under-discussed part of this is um, prospect development is very strange. There's a lot right. of guys. Jaron Duran is the guy that stands out to me. I mean, they were Red Sox were kind of hoping 
best case scenario, he'd be able to take over at center for 2021. Now Jackie Bradley can still year, but all can still leave after the year. But all of a sudden, Duran still has like that full year, year and a half left to develop in, and that. So that's an interesting thing to me. But for like a veteran, I think yeah, having a year off is probably a net positive. Well, there's a couple of veterans. Charlie Morton comes to mind, uh, and particularly with the Rays being in contention. Uh, when he signed his deal with the Rays, he said he was th- that was his last contract. He was seeing that out. So there is no season, uh, and he gets credit for a year served. Maybe he comes back for another year? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I bet he probably would, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if he's married or not, but I mean, if he's married, maybe that's something he and his wife talked about, and they said... No, 2021's the first year of your retirement, and we start the rest of our lives, and I certainly wouldn't fault him if that was the way that they were thinking. So my guess would be that he would, somebody like him would come back, but, I mean, you never know. There's a lot of unanswered questions here. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have said all, but there are some pitchers that I think it becomes a benefit for, like Eduardo Rodriguez not having a, an extra year of wear on his arm as he gets a year closer to free agency. I feel like that actually helps him. Yeah, I would say anybody who's had at least a year and a half, two years in the majors, um, just in terms of like arm health and stuff like that, it's good. Um, but then also you have like legacy things, like guys like Verlander and Kershaw, and guys going for like career marks, obviously losing a year hurts too. So there's different angles, but just purely in terms of building up your arm and keeping your arm healthy, yeah, I would say this is a positive for anybody who's had any sort of track record in the majors. Yeah. Fair. Alrighty. Uh, that's it. That's all of our questions. That is our show for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. If you want to talk to me about the Red Sox and such during this quarantine at Spoken Keats, you can obviously follow and please do follow the over the monster account that Matt runs to get all the latest news and articles from the over the monster website. We do a bunch of really good stuff. You should check that out. And as you're listening to this on Monday morning, it is Jersey Week at SB Nation. So we will have, I'm assuming, a whole bunch of content about jerseys. Probably not a whole bunch, but we should have at least one. Or not a whole bunch, but there will be at least one article. (laughs) (laughs) Great. You look forward to that. Perfect. Look at that. We're multiplying by the minute. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.